it's not it's not for every session it's certainly not for everyone but i definitely have felt the benefit not just physically but mentally of going to a place that is deeply deeply uncomfortable lend me your ears <laughs> this nation will rise up welcome to the elemental health podcast Welcome back to the Elemental Health Podcast. Today we have another exciting instalment and what I'm trying to do here is to create a coach's corner. So so building a series of episodes that really dive into some of the barriers to fitness, some of the barriers that we come across as coaches, why people aren't able to progress, whether that be physical, kind of mechanical, psychological, lifestyle, whatever it might be, we're trying to break those down and help you to progress through some of those challenges that, that face us in every day. I want you to welcome a hugely experienced coach in Matt Strong today. He's got an, a really interesting approach to, to health and fitness and really supports people that may or may not be in the position you're in to kind of break through those barriers. And that's what we get into the nuts and bolts of that today. Really interesting stuff. Jump in. Very interested to hear your feedback on this one. Please welcome Matt Strong. I bet there's a wrong way to do it. There might not be a right way, but I can guess. <laughs> Let's go. Let's dive in. Matt Strong, okay. well, welcome to the Elemental Health Podcast. We have had some technical issues, but we are back. So welcome. Matt is a fellow coach, as, as you guys have heard about in the short intro that I've given you. And today we're going to dive into all sorts of weird and wonderful fitness related topics and maybe some non-fitness related random facts. Okay, <laughs> Matt, previously, the last two times we were trying to record this, I've asked you about your breakfast. I'm going to skip through that because I think it's... It was delicious. <laughs> So you're up early with your little one, right? We did get him back down, yeah. Okay. But he's going. He's got a little bit of separation anxiety. I think maybe the nightmares have started. It's hard to know with a 20-month-old. But uh, yeah, he wasn't very happy at 3.30 this morning. So he was quelled. But it's, yeah, I'd rather have slept through. Let's put it that way. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, it's so hard. We, we're the same at the moment. Our youngest is, is up a couple of times a night, at least, if not more. And it's just, 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 just makes everything hard, really, doesn't it? But hey ho, maybe we'll get into the details of like training when you've got a baby in the house. Maybe we'll get into that at some point on this show or, or future ones. But you mentioned creatine, so you have a shake. You're, you're kind of like your first meal of the day. The break in the fast for you is like a big shake. Yeah, and that's that's your kind of mo, which is I think it's pretty common, isn't it? I guess. And but you you put you you so you take creatine daily. Yes, and I have done for for a long time, a long time. I get it in early in the morning. I think you can probably game it a little bit more by not taking it at the same time as a coffee. The coffee tends to happen a bit later in the day, not today. I'm not too fussed about that, you know, optimizing it to that level. It's just important that I get it in when it's the most convenient because you know consistency and all of that so it is a supplement that i take and i have taken it regularly yeah always want that little bit extra and it's well researched mm. i don't think anybody's arguing about creatine anymore certainly nobody's worried about your kidneys exploding which was which was uh, what my mum was saying to me when i was about 16. Yeah. Uh, but I, what does she know there eh? i but yeah it's funny man creatine's such a funny supplement yeah you're right it's been around for so long as well i remember when i was at uni which is a long time ago we're talking 1998 i think this was 
I did a try. We we did a study, or one of the sports scientists was doing a study on creatine, <clears throat> and we were really fearful of taking it at the time. And then obviously now that was like a long time ago, and there's been a lot of research in between. And it, yeah, it's also got some 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 benefits aside from trying to just build muscle, which I think a lot of people think are oh, you're doing that because you're lifting weights and you want to get big. I think there's a lot of uh, energy system benefits and also it has been shown more recently to be a nootropic as well. So kind of keep you awake and alert, which is cool. I think that's the interesting stuff. I've, I've promised myself that I'm going to stay in my lane. So I'm going to shout out somebody else on that information already, but Martin McDonald has got a very, a, a great series of podcasts on his podcast. Um, not another nutrition podcast, but he, he breaks it down very simply, but goes into some of that new research that is quite exciting because as you said, the, the sort of strength, the strength side of things, performance side of things is, is well documented and probably, you know, obviously it needs to be introduced in the right way to, to new, to, to new users and stuff, but nobody's arguing over those effects anymore. That debate has been put to bed. So the new stuff coming out, like, yeah, the nootropics, those kinds of things, I think there's something to do with maybe some Alzheimer's in the dementia world as well, but I promised myself I'm going to stay in my lane and not talk about stuff I don't know about. So that's it. Cool. So, uh, what's, what's your kind of like your normal, your training at the moment, what's that look like? My training, I would say at the moment is in a maintenance phase and that is, but it's, it's centered mainly around, you know, gym based workouts. So I do four strength sessions a week. I'm currently splitting them upper and lower. Haven't done that for a few years. And I have two, what I would call conditioning days. Wednesday is a low and slow one. So I've got to get my person to Hackney today and I haven't got my bike. So I'm considering a run and I'm not a runner. <laughs> so it'd be more of a jog, but if, you know, that'll be 40 minutes. If I can keep that low and slow, that'll do for me. And then Saturdays, because I'm on a shorter time, I might do something a little bit more high intensity. I'll take the boy down the park. There's a nice steep hill, get something done in 30 minutes up and down that hill a bit. Or if I can get to the gym, I just try and thrash it out on the air bike and really, you know, I try and see, you know, choose a God that you want to see, but it's, uh, yeah, just go hard on that. I think that for me in the last, coming up to a year, actually, that piece of kit has really shown me how much further I can go in that kind of a session. It's not, it's not for every session. It's certainly not for everyone, but I definitely have felt the benefit, not just physically, but mentally of going to a place that is deeply, deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> and I've surprised myself actually. That's the thing. Cause I am a bit of a wuss when it comes to, I, I, I benefit from just being, you know, have been fairly consistent over since the age of about 16, but not really doing anything crazy because I'm a bit of a wuss, but that the air bike or the, I don't know what else are they called? The assault bike that really has, that, that showed me that how many other gears of discomfort that I can go to, which I have found to be quite enjoyable, even though it sucks. That's Yeah. That's interesting. And yeah, that VO2 max, that super intense level. Yeah, the two-mile test is the first one I was introduced to back in October. And that really was, I think I was trying to break four minutes for two miles. And 
on the assault bike on the assault bike so you've got to average i mean i don't want to bore people with the details but yeah you've got to average quite a high wattage and that's how i would game yeah and there's no different tactics but ultimately if you're going flat out at some point you're just going to have to hang on and i have different tactics for doing that as well so it's within four minutes, you're like maxing out for 100 percent. Well, I actually was at the time I was doing two. I was doing one on a, I think I was doing one on a Tuesday and one on a Saturday. One of them was a two mile test. Did that for four weeks, then that went to a three mile test, and then a four mile test. By the time I got to that, I was I wasn't best friends with that piece of equipment anymore. And then Saturdays was a five minute max out, and just track the calories and see what you could push out. I think I did 156. That, that rings a bell if there's any CrossFitters on here that use that. And it tends to be a CrossFit yeah, staple, like, doesn't it? Yeah. So but yeah, four, both horrible. Both horrible. The, the four-minute thing, how does that work? The four-mile yeah, four no, uh, Well, just set it for four miles and just knock them off. Just okay. go for it. So how long, are you, how long is that taking? Well, the, I'll start with the two. The two-mile two, the two test is the one that I really attacked. So I was, tr- I was given some targets of like what is expected, what is sort of advanced and then what would, what was elite. Right. And so I just, I, I did it first off and I think I did like four minutes, 15. The next time I, I next week I managed four Oh six. And then I had a bit of a, a blowout on the third week. And then I managed to get it down to three fifty six, I think on my last effort that week. But yeah, that was hard. That was really, really hard. Like my back went completely like cold. I had a sensation in my body that I'd never felt before. It was so bizarre. So this it raises an interesting point. I think this type of training because you're 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 maxing out, right? There's nowhere to hide on that that piece of equipment. No, and you really want to hide. Yeah, (laughs) but it's only three or four minutes of work, and I think lots of people out there think that they can't get they can't have a hard time in four minutes and i'm, I'm always having a, a sort of interesting conversation with people saying oh you only work for four minutes i'm like yeah but clearly there's a misunderstanding in where you can go in four minutes well i've i've <clears throat> i've trained with people before and you they, they kind of have that look in their eye of i thought it was going to be harder you know, maybe you're doing some coaching over a pattern technique or whatever. And, and they've come into a session for an expectation of I'm going to be tired. And so you keep something like that in your back pocket because you can do some skill development. You can do, you can do, you can do your main sort of progressive strength work, and then you can give them that thing at the end. But sometimes that's not even appropriate. So what I do say to people, look, if, if you've come here for that kind of thing, I, I can, we can do that in five minutes. I'll just make you do burpees for five minutes. And that has a training effect. I don't think you're going to enjoy it. And I'm not sure how we can scale it. And so that opens up an, a conversation straight away with about how we want to structure the training to make sort of progress, not necessarily linear, but, you know, setting it out for them. It's not always about just coming in and, and just killing yourself if that's their expectation. But like I said, on the other side of it, there are, that particular machine is a great way to drive effort. And a lot of us, myself included, up until I started using it, and that's not the only thing you can use, are just not having a lot of opportunities to drive a huge amount of effort. You know, we go to the gym, you're on your phone, you're sort of pootling about at one end. So it is a way, it's a safe way to just really get stuck into something. And it's, you know, for four minutes, you could do that 
I think I do a few kettlebell swings afterwards and you're out 20 minutes. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when my firstborn had just been born, I, I was literally training for like under 10 minutes before client sessions in the gym. And I just swing a kettlebell around for like six, seven minutes, maybe less even. And yeah, it, it has an effect and, it, and it's something. And it's, it's something when I speak to people, they're like, oh, I don't have time to train. And I'm sure that you hear that as well. And I think we're, we're kind of in this bubble of having a very young family. And there's a lot of guys out there that have lost their level of fitness. And kind of in their mind, there's like, well, I used to go for runs. I used to train, I used to go to the gym. And it, it's, a, it's a chunk of time. It's an investment. And they don't have the, the time, the impetus, the energy. And kind of like my... Uh, which I think segues into this, which is my point is you, you don't need that. That's not your starting point. Okay. You, you're in a space in your life. You're in a season where you're going to have to find time and it's going to be sh much shorter, sharper sessions potentially, or looking at another aspect of chain training for those five, 10 minutes, whether it be strength, mobility. And, and there is always a way to have a training benefit, no matter whether you've got two minutes or two hours. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I've certainly experienced that now because I'm under more time constraints you know, since COVID running my business a slightly different way. Also having the family life, I haven't the time to do what I was doing five years ago, which was just, you know, I could train for two hours if I wanted to. So when, if I, if I, you know, and, and I think also from, cause we would, you and I consider ourselves to be coaches, which is as, of which part of it can be some, you know, some bona fide PT. Mm -hmm. But when you're coaching somebody, that hour may exist or however long you're going to train them. And that might be something they have in their week. But the rest of the time, they may be up against these time constraints. So I think it's important to try to coach them and to see the value in shorter workouts, whether it's enforced on them and explaining, you know, or, or not. But also just explaining that you can, not everything has to exist in our units. But it's important to also go back to their reference point because that's the last, maybe the last experience they have. So if their last reference point was 10 years ago when they were at university and they were training four days a week, you can sort of start a conversation there and then move them step-by-step step saying, right, well, this is what you were achieving in that time. We can, we can get maybe 60 to 80% of that benefit from a physiological point of view and a fitness point of view by doing it this way and that fits in with your life there but to start the conversation at their previous reference point mm. yeah yeah that's that's a good way to approach it, actually that's 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 a really really a nice coaching approach to have to start that conversation which i think is, is absolutely vital i want to circle back around to this this kind of vo2 max workout this kind of max effort for a very short period of time it, it interests me because and and this kind of this idea out there that people can't work hard in four minutes or five minutes and clearly they've not done that type of training to the right level and that's it was a real bugbear of mine so my my history i did boot camps in london for like eight nine ten years i think it was and the only feedback that we used to get was it, it was either too hard or too easy and it was frustrating because clearly there's a lot of training methodologies that are going on in that session some of which are designed to be all out and it they you know by design they're designed to be in quite an intense session however that's a 60 minute session so you can't burn someone out progressively over 60 minutes without any pauses so 
you've got a big group there you, ha- you know how do you attack that and just giving them a hard session i think has limited training benefits and the 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 post i, I put a post up a while back now called called hit is shit and i, I guess a bit clip <laughs> clickbaity but but it was this this thinking in mind which is people don't understand how to do hit for the same reasons that we're talking about here because they don't understand how to go up into that zone that kind of zone five what do you want to call it and really push themselves hard in a safe way but also just push themselves to that level and that's what i saw when i was doing all these kind of quote unquote intense sessions across 60 minutes or 45 minutes where people are oh, it's, it's it's 60 minutes flat out and i was like well that's an impossible impossibility like you don't the human body's not designed like that you, know, you talk about energy systems it just doesn't work and you yeah you get to this situation and people are oh yeah hit workouts yeah i'm doing an hour hit workout i'm like how does that work? Like, that's clearly not your, you know, you're trying to gel two things together and it, and probably you're going to miss the mark. I think, yeah, I, I, when it comes to that hit thing, I think people are just naming it the, the wrong thing. And that's, that's sort of like, I don't know, social media, but it was going on before, like social media really took off and it's, it's, it's people just sort of misusing the word. So I start by just trying to, well, I've got to pick your battles really, but you know, don't want to, always start a conversation by sort of challenging somebody on it, but like how in, if I'm dealing with them as an individual, maybe it's okay that they're calling hit a certain thing and it's, it's, it's fine. If they're disseminating that information to somebody else, we might need to say, look, let, let's call it what it is. But if you want to do hit, this is what it is. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's okay. Group training. It's a tricky beast, isn't it? I love doing it because I'm a bit of a show pony and I like, I love the different personalities you can have in a group. You're always, you know, at one end, you're going to have some people that are sort of unhappy because it's like you said, too easy, too hard. Using hit, using, you know, some steady state stuff. You, that's where individual coaching is, you know, that I think that's the gold standard because you can, you can fill the gaps. That's what you should be doing in, in order to drive performance. If they're already doing a lot of, hit or hit maybe they don't need maybe that's not their gap maybe that's not where they need to be training as much maybe because they've been neglecting the other stuff and that's perhaps your job as a coach is to try and say look we can we can get more performance out of you if you train your current gap rather than just always doubling down on the thing that you've always done yeah and 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 i don't want to unravel this into a a kind of like things people say that don't make sense but it's yeah. interesting and like running's another one people are i need do you think i need to get back to running i'm like do you enjoy running they're like well no i've never really liked it stop like, immediately yeah. stop i mean that i mean to your some of your questions that you asked me and maybe perhaps we'll get to those but that that kind of mentality and the sort of the programs that people are, are running well, <laughs> for running but that idea is like, oh, I have to run or I have to go to the gym four days a week. Because again, that's their reference point. The world is telling them, join this gym. This is how we do it. Social media is, is well, it depends on where you are in, in, in you know, which particular echo chamber. But lots of people in our lives at our ages are seeing running and going to the gym as, as the two ways that they can get fit. And if they can't do that, it just automatically sets them up on a negative thing. There are loads of ways to do it. And you know what? Everything works. 
every, every, everything will push the needle a little bit. Some things will, you know, and the, the better questions you ask at the beginning, the better goal setting, but you know, everything works. So if everything works, make sure you do something that you enjoy for God's sake. And measure against it. Like, yeah. yeah, I think so. And what, what else are people kind of getting wrong to dive into that sort of bucket? It's more of a mentality of the feast or famine, either to do with diet or to do, you know, these huge bursts of energy in both the gym and towards food or just burst in trying to increase their health. They're almost, they're just, they're unsustainable by design. The consistency piece is a tricky thing to do. I think doing things, you know, if, if you're coming at it early doors and you really are starting from the beginning, doing things that you enjoy, eating in a way that you enjoy, respective of the goal, is the best place to start. And people are getting that wrong and, and, and maybe doing things that are sort of unnecessarily hard, you know, driving themselves into the ground and just using up a huge amount of effort that cannot be sustained. And then there's the gap. And then there's that sort of the friction has to build and the emotional investment needs to do. And I'm not sure we're seeing more and more people just getting to a stage that with the clients that I sort of deal with, you know, sort of 35 to 65, I mean, there's a big spread, but let's say the older bits there, they're getting close to not wanting to invest that emotion anymore because they've been on that cycle a lot. And I think that the industry is sort of part of the problem. The way that we sell things is, is part of that problem through diets, through exercise. And it's a shame because it's exhausting for people. It really is exhausting because it does matter. It matters to them. It's a huge emotional investment to, to get to a, to a level where you, and unfortunately people are starting because a lot of the time that they're starting from a point of unhappiness. And, and to have to go through that process again and again is difficult. And, uh, and I think that's a, that's a real shame. So if that, that, that's, that's the one thing I see, you know, fundamental thing that I'm trying to do is to break, you know, provide the support in order for people to take control of that cycle. Yeah. I think that's really powerful. Yeah. I think it, it and we're, we, we're so in, obviously inherently invested in our own health. But I think it becomes a beast, an unwieldy beast, when you get find yourself in these situations. That the, the references that we're making, and it almost it, it it's an insurmountable mountain in front of you, and you just staring up at this beast, and you just don't know how to make progress. And yeah, I think I, I agree with everything that you say around kind of the, the industry, the, the face of the industry, and the way that it's punctuated with these sexy packaged processes that are very attractive to someone who's looking to climb that mountain but the the, the fundamentally unsustainable which i think is your are your words yeah and even in an initial conversation with somebody they they're a client a potential client might be also selling to you i am a worthy client i have these lofty goals and, you know, once I develop a relationship with somebody, I like to try and give them space to just challenge that. Like, maybe that's just, a, again, it's another reference point. The information that you're taking in, whether it's like abs or whether it's, you know, whatever it is, is that something that you really believe inside? Or 
to, to create a safe space for you to go, I don't really care about apps. But it's almost like you're not allowed to say about that. Yeah. This is like a toxic positivity about it that people have to sell to the trainer. I'm the, the I'm, I'm going to be the best version of, of me that, and they haven't really even given that a deep amount of thought or they have, and they just don't have the confidence to say it because society is, I used to joke about like my training and all of that. It's just, it's just a life of mediocrity. It's not, <laughs> not very strong, not very fast. I've just done it for a long time. I'm very fortunate that I happen to, really enjoy being physical and I think of eating as a physical thing that I do and I enjoy it and I know that's not the same for everyone but that's the point that's okay it's okay to just want to be a little bit better not to be like this transcendental like version of yourself certainly not from day one that and that's when people end up with that big mountain in front of them and they're just like how the do I get on this so to try to unpick that and just say, you know what, you could, you don't have to aim for that. I think that's really, yeah, man, I'm blown away by your, your approach to coaching, which obviously I knew a little bit about before we jumped on, because we're, we're kind of collaborating on, on kind of business stuff, but, but yeah, that, I, I think the way you articulate it's incredible, actually, I'm not sure I could, I could do a better job. Okay. Would you spare me an anecdote quickly? I was talking to the receptionist at the dentist and now the dentist was gassing me up about more possibly training because he wants a six pack for his 40th and then his wife will let him go away on holiday on a lad's holiday that's one thing lady behind the reception how much to charge per hour sort of explained that it's not it's more of a coaching package it's not really how i do things that's not particularly relevant anyway we discussed you know the package etc and she nearly fell off her seat and I talked about, you know, ways of her to think, you know, how, how, could, how could she get, how could she buy that package from me? She can't do it today, but, you know, you, you wanted to do this for a long time. Could you save for six months, et cetera? And I, like I said, it wasn't about money, but I said, so what, what is stopping you do it? Let's say if you had the money right now, like what's stopping you do it? And her answer just sort of broke my heart was just that she didn't think she would do it. She didn't think she could do it. So then I said, well, what's the point in paying somebody 25, 35 pound an hour for three months in a park? Well, why is that going to be any better? Now, I want to, again, stress, this is not about the money, but it broke my heart that she just, and that's what I mean about the invasion, you know, certainly, the, and I love those kind of people, the, they are right on the edge of maybe just giving up. And, and it's not because I'm like, got some sort of savior complex, but I, I genuinely, it does, it upsets me. I think about that as I've said now. So just to hear somebody not like to be in a place where they just don't back themselves at all, almost that she was undeserving of it, even if I gave it to her for free, even if she had the money right there, her main fear was that she wasn't going to be able to do it. And, and that is, that's wrong. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> that is and, wrong. And I think that is the biggest barrier to us coaching people really is is this is this lack of self-worth really around them being able to do something i don't think largely speaking when you're speaking to someone face to face and they can see you're a real person it is a little bit different online then they it's not that they don't believe you can you could we can't deliver as coaches or or people that embody what we're talking about and have that you know that passion transmuted in in your the way you express yourself and and, and me as well it's always like, yeah, but it's, it's expensive 
and I can't do it anyway. It's that kind of coupling of the uh, cost and uh, a lack of self-worth is the way I phrase it. Cause I think that's yeah. powerful words, but it's, it's that saying to themselves, well, I, it, there's no point me paying because I can't do it. And then they get caught into it. Then they see something cheap and they think, well, well, I'll, I'll give it a go, even though I don't think I can do it. And surprise, surprise, that doesn't take off either. Actually, the thing to do, he says, is... <laughs> Here comes the sell. The thing to do is actually pay more because then you've got that investment. You're like, shit, I better, I better get on with this because this is a real... This is a stake in my in my own health. And also it's, it's, it's going to be painful from a financial perspective if I just flake out. The other thing I was going to say about industry was I was, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they, 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 they mentioned very briefly the business model of these sort of 24 hour gyms, which I think can, can play a part and people can use them successfully. But when you look at the business model, it highlights the point that we're talking about really, where their model is that 80% of members don't turn up. Otherwise, they don't make money. So they have thousands of memberships and only 10% turn up. So, you know, at 3,000 members, they have 300 people that turn up on a regular basis. Everyone else does not use that membership. That's the model of fitness. Yeah, right. I've got two points. A, I don't think we should string up the 24 hours. I think that that kind of game was going on way before those 24 hours turned out. That, that was the whole model, sell, sell, sell. And just a bit of a gripe, and I only experienced this when I moved to London, but I was sold particular gyms to work on the gym floor based on member numbers, gross member numbers. Oh, this gym's got 4,000 members and there's only 15 PTs. And you're just thinking, right, well, that's, you know, there's plenty of meat to go around. There's plenty of <laughs> sessions to go around. And you turn up and it's, and, it's the, and it's the same people all the time. And then and, and it's so... It is a population of people that is so well known by the trainers. As soon as there's like a new person comes in, the ears go up. People are like, there's a bit of chum in the water. And people are like, it's, I mean, I've developed my own tactic for that. But yeah, I mean, I was, you know, there was, there was often a middleman in between hiring PTs, a company that was, you know, like a recruitment for that. And they, you know, that was one of their tactics to make people commit to certain gyms because they were taking a cut out of the, the membership amazing work that the guy set that up clever guy i don't like him but amazing or girl i don't know but yeah sold on the back of that so yeah that's one of my one of my gripes what a what a racket that was <laughs> it's funny isn't it man i think there's we we self we perpetuate some of the some of the challenges really in in getting this right and i think there's still lots and lots to be done isn't there really well, I mean, when I get down about the job, my role in it, and all the way through from the number of people I'm actually serving at the moment, it's a very, you know, it's a luxury product. If you just look at sort of the, the obesity side of things, I mean, we're not winning. <laughs> but you've got to be in the fight. You've got to be, you've got to be in the fight. And I think there is a lot more, there is a lot now easier access to better information yep. and i think you know when you're talking about at population level these things do take time but yeah when i do have my low moments i'm like we're not making a difference but maybe i'd make more of a difference if i was a teacher you know or so something like that because you know that is another one of the 
you know the reasons why I do it is because when you when you when you take somebody you know one person or a group of people on a particular journey and you can unlock the things that they need to do in order to prioritize their health which is kind of where I see my job at and I don't deal with athletes or anything it's like it's a, it's allowing people to push health up their hierarchy because that's because that's what their future self wants and they just need to sort of you know get their ducks in a row it's a, it's such a small amount of people yeah but I, I, th- I don't think that's industry like I, I would say don't be harsh on yourself i've been obviously around that same thought process and cycle many many times but here's my point of reference so i was a full-time paramedic on the road part-time fitness coaching yeah that's how i was nearly five years ago now time flies and i liked both i liked really enjoyed both but the paramedic role everyone's like oh it must be amazing to save lives blah 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 but that's not how you feel day to day actually lots of the jobs you don't feel like you're having much impact and the ones that where you do have an impact it's so far down the road of their health <laughs> journey that in terms of their health journey that individual patient it's it's a drop in the ocean so yes you 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 know you're potentially there to save a life but 99.9% of the people have have created these massive health challenges that have pushed them so far over the edge that I'm in the street giving them CPR or whatever it is or you know picking them up off the floor the reference that I always use and when I talk tell my my narrative of, of focusing more on health and fitness is the guy that I went to who had diabetic neuropathy and lost both his legs through wow. type 2 diabetes lifestyle illness uh, metabolic syndrome and you know that loss of dignity that that kind of inability to to kind of to to look after himself really and that 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 kind of what i probably describe as that kind of caged lion look that that you know they've there's no shine to their and and they've lost the the lust for life i think that's probably the easiest way to to describe it and I think there is more impact in this space that can be had because you're obviously you're, you're meeting people much further, much earlier in their journey. And, and that trajectory does change. And also if you impact one person, they're going to impact their circle and that's how it works. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I think, like I said, that's just on my down days when I have my daddy down days and it used to be me getting on a soapbox railing against how I, you know, people were selling me different gyms and stuff and other days. on, <laughs> But you're absolutely right. The other side of that coin is, you know, meeting well, meeting somebody where they are, taking them, you know, being with them on a journey. You're not really doing anything. You're facilitating, you know, hopefully autonomy, so that you you can just fade into the background. And when you when you have and some people, you're lucky enough to take on that full journey. And it's not always because, you know, sometimes life gets in the way. People move away. You know, relationships change or whatever. You will not, you, you probably won't be the person that starts and finishes a job. There is no finish anyway. But this idea of getting somebody to their initial goal, often I, I work with people and, you know, they, they, we've set out a plan to a goal. I might only get them two thirds of the way there because of logistics, because of finances, whatever, or whatever it is, or they just want to change. You know, like I've had different coaches mm-hmm. and w- when it's done, you, you should move on. People will need to go and learn and they're curious about other things. That's always part of it. 
But just to be part of that makes you makes me incredibly proud. And I get a massive buzz out of it. And I still do. I get a buzz out of, you know, that's how I know when I'm, I'm, I still need to do the job is I'll see somebody do a, a pattern. They say it's a squat pattern. And if it's, you know, if they've worked hard at it, or even if it's just, you know, they find it easy and they just do it nice. And I, I'm still there going, oh, nice. I love that. <laughs> you can be like that about the small things and get a buzz about the big things. That's how I know I still got to be in it. And also, you know, I'm not going to be a dentist. It's too late. <laughs> I'm pot committed. I like the dentist anecdote. I didn't want to break your flow because I think it's a really poignant story, actually. But the innuendos in that statement was, uh, was uh, there were a lot. Were there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've, I've promised myself, again, other things. Stay in my lane. And you and I obviously have done a mentorship group and together and a lot of people sort of complaining about social media and the way that they... I, I have still yet to find my voice on social media. And, you know, a few innuendos that I didn't even know were going in is a lot more Matt Strong than you get on my socials or whatever. So that is, I'm up for that. I'm pleased about that because I, I really wanted to, yeah, just let it go. I feel so constrained and, you know, I can't say that or what if somebody checks me on this or got to be perfect. All those things that probably some of the exact same things that people struggle with in, the, in their, with their health and that kind of stuff. I find incredibly difficult with sort of driving business and social media and stuff. This, I'd rather be in a room with 500 people, shake their hand and drop a few innuendos by accident than have to do, a, a, you know. You'd rather show your package to a dental receptionist than her fall off her chair. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. I'm just recapping for the audience in case that I didn't get that one. But. Well, <laughs> tremendous. And the way that you just delivered that, how are you? Well done, sir. Well um, done. So, yeah, I think, I, I think, yeah. And that, that you raise another interesting point. And, I, you know, well, obviously we're going to have many more of these conversations as I invite you into the podcast as not a guest, but as a co-host, hopefully. But, um, but the point there is interesting. So we, we, we find kind of fitness, whatever you want to call that easy. And we've had a journey through life that's allowed us to embrace it and try different things and, and not feel stupid for not knowing and all the things that people struggle with when they talk to us really is like, Oh yeah, yeah. I, I know, I know about this. I know about that. I know this, I know that. And you're like, well, hang on. You, you're not here to know things. If you had the skills, you wouldn't need me. So let's, talk about what skills we need to develop and that the way you framed it is perfect but we found it straightforward and other aspects of life we really we struggle with where other people find it easy and I think that's really important point to remember for anyone that's listening that is kind of like oh I don't know what that next step is you know I used to play football or rugby and you know and that that narrative of like I was fit in my 20s true or not and, and I've lost it and I want to get back, but I'm not quite sure, but I should know. And I think us blokes are classic for doing that. It's like asking for directions, right? Yeah. And, and it's just, you know, we, we've had the easy path. And sometimes that limits us as coaches. And I think having kind of a life experience and being a little bit more mature in years actually makes, makes the impact higher. I, I, yeah, I agree. And I, I think... If, if there are coaches listening to this, people, or, you know, it doesn't even have to be in this PT space, but I've heard it before, you know, oh, this, it's easy for you. 
you know, what you're asking of me is too much. It's easy for you to do that. And that creates a great opportunity for you to build rapport where you can tell that story. This is the thing that I have like hung <laughs> is going to is going to remain when everything else in my life crumbles i would you know i'd bet the house and still still train three days a week it just so happens that for you know probably for a lot of outside forces that this is the thing that i i've decided that that's going to be my thing for you it's something else you're you, and my, and that may be the struggle for me then my self-confidence around business and and that kind of thing that other people that I look towards to other people, you know, my peers, guys I went to university with, my dad and, you know, all those, you know, my partner as well, like they, they, they boss that area of their life and it, and it scares them. And I do all of the putting up all the fences and all the barriers and it's easy for you and I can't do it because I feel insecure about that. So it, it creates an opportunity to build that rapport, to show some vulnerability on your side, because that person feels vulnerable about the things that they don't know. And they're going to be defensive about some of the things that you ask them to do. You have to find, you know, your job is to find a way to make it as easy as possible, but that doesn't mean it's still not going to be challenging. So opportunities to create rapport where you can show humility or vulnerability in other areas of your life. Amazing. You need to do that. <laughs> and I think hopefully we've shown that on this conversation but and if in doubt drop a few innuendos you'd be fine <laughs> probably is the way forward cool man let's let's transition into kind of your mantra the, the the things that you say on a regular basis externally internally how does that play for you I, a previous mentorship i did made me really think about my business they talked about core values and i had a tricky time with it but i came up with three and so stronger by nurture is the brand and then under that kindness honesty effort that's for both for me and for and for the people that i work with kindness to me i just that that's the one that it, and it, that story i told about the the receptionist it broke my heart that's not not being kind to yourself is it, it i just find it you know, as a bit of a co-crier, an empath, like it just breaks my heart. And I, I just have to remember that every, every day, every session that I do that I want to be as kind as I possibly can, because it is something, this space for people is something that is, is very fragile for them. And that kindness needs to, it needs to, it needs to be that that's a fundamental along with the other two, along with the other two of honesty and effort. They're not always the easiest, you know, the honesty, people don't even really sometimes know how to be honest with themselves try to create an environment where that is the true. And I try to take that into other areas of my life where I feel vulnerable as well. And then the mantra, and it has become a bit of a mantra, is something that my boss in, you know, my first mentor, Dave, shout out Dave's gym, Cardiff. We sort of, I'm going to say we came up with it together, but I, he, he definitely drove it. He taught me a lot of things, mostly that I'll train anybody because I think everybody, does, you know, everybody deserves a chance uh, and I, in my lane, it's through physical exercise and, you know, a little bit of sprinkling in of, you know, nutrition strategy. Everybody deserves a chance to, to get better. And that was what that gym was. Dave would train anybody, train them very similarly, but he had a big personality. He was very kind and he did the job really, really well. And the three things that we always said was move every day. Don't eat like a five-year-old and get some sleep. And that is the thing that I've, 
put on social medias, but it's something that I say to myself all the time. And I, we, we could, I could break that down in subsequent, you know, podcasts, but those, those three things, I've had a bit of kickback about the eat like a five-year-old. Not everybody sort of likes it. A shout out to my mother-in-law, but, <laughs> but for, for most people, they do get it. Like the kid at the buffet, if I was let go at a kid's buffet, I, you know, it's party rings, I'd be just ramming it in. So those three things have become the mantra, move every day. And that can be exercise. It can be, you know, but move with purpose, move with intention. It doesn't have to be exercise, but bring some more awareness to the way that you move your body and move it every day. Don't eat like a five-year-old, whatever that means to you and get some sleep where possible, obviously. Maybe, um, yeah. Maybe, maybe it doesn't flow with your, with your mantra, but maybe it's like move, eat, don't eat like a five-year-old at a birthday party with lots of cake. Yeah, it's not quite as snappy. But <laughs> yeah, maybe I just put it into like some sort of an abbreviation. I always get that wrong. What's it when you just do the, is it a, I don't Mnemo know. Mnemonic. Like mnemonic, a, thank you. Is that, is that yes, what you're thinking of? Like, yes, like I think a, it's a mnemonic, yeah. Like A is like, for this and yeah. B is for that. Uh, but no, that, that, that really has become, I suppose, as, as close to a sort of a mantra or a tagline philosophy because you can just, I can expand on it or I could expand on it all day. And it, it, those three things allow me to, to meet the people that I'm you know, fortunate enough to work with somewhere within those three things, meet them where they are and then build them out. If they need to double down on the things that are going well for them right then, great. If they've got a few things sorted and there's a gap, there's, you know, there's something that we can just highlight straight away. And I think it, it covers everything that I'm trying to do. So yeah, that's that, that's the mantra. I mean, do you have one? Do you have a, a sort of? Mm, good question. Not not ones that popping into my head at the moment. <laughs> I've probably got a handful of things that I repeat on a regular basis. Yeah, my, my my biggest mantra is really don't do anything that you can't sustain for the rest of your life when it comes to health and fitness probably not as snappy as yours, but yeah, for me, and I, and I, I wasn't always like that. Like I've been down the rabbit hole of these weird and wonderful diets, whatever it might be. And I probably will continue to cycle down these things that flash up in front of me and, and, and how I hold my interest. But now I, I've, I've got this fundamental underpinning mantra that I, that, that I, I try and press on all my clients as well, because they come in and they're like, Oh, what do you think about the keto diet? I'm like, great. You want to do that for the rest of your life? like well, no i want to go and have a beer tonight ah okay well don't fucking bother it's a waste of time mate so sustainability Ooh, i'd love to i'd love to i'd love to impact like unpick that i mean with the slogans and, and mantras you do have to kind of keep it you know you've got, you've got to stay on brand and on the on the campaign trail but yeah i'd love to unpick that in another podcast and the, the phrases like that the, you know the nuance how we use certain tools at different times, da, 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 da. But yeah, I mean, when you're coming, when you when you're talking about a mantra, it's certainly not a bad, bad one to have because, you know, yeah. yeah but just make it as easy as possible. Matt, it's short but also can be can be long. So, Matt, Matt, where can people find out about you? What what your what your handles? At Stronger by Nurture on Instagram. I wouldn't bother with Twitter. I don't think I've been on there, and it doesn't. The handle's not the same. So. 
website is strongerbynurture.com. It's tricky to type nurture, so make sure you spelt it correctly. Mm -hmm. And if you really want a lesson in, you know, web design, website design, get over there. It is something <laughs> you, special. You built that. I mean, I, sure, in a way, yeah. <laughs> Squarespace it. So yeah, that's, that's, that, that's kind of where I hang out. There you go. If you've got this far in the podcast, thank you very much. Uh, please jump over and review us wherever you uh, listen. Uh, that would be really, really grateful. And maybe share it with someone. Cheers. See you next time. <laughs>